This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe. I may be, I've had a long fucking day, so I'm trying to find the energy. I'm trying to wring it out of this show. Uh, I'm joined, uh, let's see, by a man I hope has a lot of energy tonight. Uh, It's Nate. Nate, do you have energy? Can you bring some energy to the show? I, I think I have pretty good energy. Um, yes. it, it, it might be the type of energy that peaks in about 22 to 25 minutes. <laughs> so we'll have to rely on Mike to, to hold up the end of the show. Um, but for the time being, I'm here uh, mostly because that AW episode of Dynamite, it got me fired up, Aaron. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that, except that it didn't get me fired. Well, the ending got me fired up. So... Uh, ending all- is the only thing that matters. The only I know thing I, people I, remember. I knew you're going to say that, uh, Mike. What, what? Where's your energy at? I know we have the Mike mental health meter in the background. Yeah. But where's the Mike energy meter? Well, hey y'all, it's your old pal Aaron Mike Spears. Uh, so it's been storming really bad. Like we're actually are under a freeze warning because of like this weird storm that's happening now, fully in spring. So the thing about that is that I. The dog doesn't care, but I'm stuck indoors. I'm like, I can't take you out for like a good walk. Cause that's how you kind of tire out labradoodles is you make sure they get a good amount of exercise. So I'm pretty tired, but I am fired up because of the show, just because I've been finding other ways to get the pup some exercise today. But I have a, I have a very divergent opinions on this episode from like hour one to hour two, quarter one to quarter eight. And I'm interested to hear what y'all's overall takes were on this episode because i felt like this was kind of an a very uneven episode of dynamite but that also is something that when we get into it might be my personal taste though that's i mean it's all our personal taste i think mike i think that's i think that's what the listeners are here for uh now i i provide object objective point of view on this show i just bring the facts the hard data the empirical opinion on pro wrestling. So you guys, that's why you guys are here to bring the subjective opinions. I'm here to bring the facts. Uh, thank you, Thoros. I will be burning my all energy on this show. Just to be I will clear. be burning my dread. I'll be keeping the full throttle and feeling the best. It is a max voltage year. None of us have dreads. I just want to be clear. Yeah, no, I went out. That was a persona reference for some reason. Thinking <laughs> <laughs> of what... other, other nonsensical japanese english <laughs> phrases sure i like that uh all right we're on twitter at everything aew make sure you follow us there <laughs> an appropriate appropriate level of malaise we are on twitter <laughs> uh, I, I feel like i feel like we get a lot of uh, thanks to nate uh although mike you were doing some tweets tonight too i feel like we get a lot of engagement during dynamite it really so, so much of like enjoying and watching wrestling is like whatever I bring to it. So sometimes, like this episode, I jumped right in. It was like, oh, I have takes. Uh, I have tweets to make. 
Uh, and other ones, I'm like 90 minutes in. I'm like, oh, I didn't tweet one time just because I wasn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't have the energy to reach over and pick up my phone. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. And, and, and to be fair, uh, Nate and I, we have two completely different veins when we tweet about the show. So I don't even know why we even sign our tweets because I feel like that at at this point, people could tell what's a Nate tweet and what's a Mike tweet. Just also because I just just fire off i don't use, use grammar i don't capitalize i just fire things off there so. mike, mike plays it very cool uh it is important to me that we sign it because i don't want us to end up in a richard <laughs> sure that's fair that's, that's fair. fair i uh, i don't really do tweets from from the everything aw account uh, i don't know i feel like you guys got it handled pretty much You're, i would i would be annoyed with your tone if you brought it on the official account like sure. uh for the first match i'd be like aaron shut the fuck up i know so i just i just so, let it go yeah, I think it, I think it's better, better. It, it has better context on your own timeline. I mostly don't tweet during the. I'm, basically, I only tweet during the show if something annoys me. <laughs> to complain about that, something. Yeah. By that I mean, if someone else's tweets about dynamite annoy me, that's when I tweet. Basically. Well, that's what that's what Twitter is for. It's a big uh, manufacturer of annoyance and reactions to annoyance and reactions to reactions, uh, yeah. and then backlash to reactions to reactions. Um, and drill. Speaking of backlash, show kicked off with an AEW. I mean, sorry, a WWE backlash ass match. So <laughs> Thank you. It? Thank you. Give me my quarter. Give me my quarter. <laughs> Give me my quarter. I just was able to tie it all in. That's the magic. You find things that other people say, but you tie it in. Uh, okay. What? Oh, Twitter. Right. I'm at Aaron like the car. That's where I do my grumpy tweets about things that piss me off. Um, who else is on the show? Nate is at Epitasis. <laughs> Mike is at Fuji. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast, please. Uh, I mean, can't you tell we're hurting? Uh, give us a, a five-star rating and review if you use the Apple Podcast app. And if you want to support the show, uh, there's several ways you're going to find out on tonight's show to do so. But a great way is to go to patreon.com slash everything elite and subscribe. It's by the time you're hearing this, unless you're a live listener, uh, it's going to be April 1. It's going to be time to sign up, uh, get a big month. Well, I'll see you later what's coming up in April. Okay, uh, let's kick off the show. Elite or delete. Nate, what did you think was the best thing on this show tonight? Well, for the second consecutive week, I was pretty sure that I was going to come on the show and put over the Lucha Trios match that AEW has uh, really found a great spot for smack dab in the middle of their show where the Lucha Brothers and their uh, sometimes sidekick Laredo kid just go out and tear the house down and do exciting things and, and make people uh, happy and have fun with pro wrestling. Uh, but no, once again, I was surprised to see that the main event took took the top spot for me. Uh, the main event, the main event players, the main event in general has an abstract idea showing up in the big spot and delivering in the main event. Um, just uh, there were, the, this was like a, a plunder match, hardcore match. Uh, there were no particular spots in the match that were like, especially cool. You know, they didn't, they didn't have like the real visceral violence and uh, gritty uh, what a gritty <laughs> different word for violence, gritty, brawling. gritty brawling of like the parking lot match. Uh, they instead like had a bunch of set dressing with arcade machines that weren't used at all. And then just like used chairs and, uh, you know, ringside barriers and stuff. But 
the absolutely just super fun overbooking of the match, having Chris Statlander emerge from a UFO catcher machine uh, to make her big return, and then having Sue drive Trent back to the arena in her van um, to come and really give the best friends the numbers advantage because they are they win with friendship. They're good friends, nice boys and a girl who love each other. Um, just a great baby face victory in the main event spot. Um, this, I mean, those two, those two returns from injury are like maybe two of the best ever conceptualized and shot returns from injury. Like just very, uh, ingenious and pulled off excellently. And they happened within like two minutes of each other. So that was awesome. And then the best friends went and won and did a big group hug. And uh, I know I was not the only person. I saw people on Twitter. I got a text message. Uh, you know, some people getting pretty verklempt. We talked on the Patreon about crying this week. Getting verklempt for that big best friends win. Overcoming the evil Kip and Miro. And uh, putting the cap on a very strong episode of Dynamite IMO. I already kind of said, like, I and two completely different opinions on Dynamite. I feel like the first hour had some wrestling and then had some awesome angles. And then the, the second hour, I felt like really put it all together. But this match, it, it, I, I'm glad you brought up the fact that like this is a completely different style match of the uh, parking lot brawl. This one was a set piece match. And to be quite honest, like the way it kind of like started off and some of the plunder stuff to begin with, it felt relatively tame. It And then immediately then we got hashtag sneaky plunder worker Dustin out there deciding to really show us all the truth that life is pain and taking a barricade backdrop that just or a suplex on the barricade that was absolutely gnarly and they found a good way to build up the catharsis of the reveals and the returns and the uh, alliance between uh, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor and Trent with Chris Statlander who I guess now is a best friend as well Uh, but like and they we're able to like set up like these like powerful and brutal like spots. And we've talked about the returns about this. I would think that Miro was the glue to this match in a lot of ways because Miro looked like a badass doing cool things. And then Miro also ate shit at the right time when Trent came out with Sue and came out of the, uh, the minivan, by the way, Trent, they are getting the mileage out of the double denim that I have to say, like I approve of the fact that they kept on bringing out double denim for big occasions here. And just the way that Miro was getting just, just getting formed in the head and the way that Miro sold, it was like a really good, like old territory style heel eating shit and leading right into the finish. And it just was a, uh, it, it was a match that completely different from the uh, parking lot brawl, but had very similar catharsis. And then, like, the camera work on tonight was really solid, but also if you have a show in the can, you should be able to pick the best shots that you want to use. But, like, having the crane shot of all of Best Friends giving the thumbs up to Sue in the uh, minivan with Pixies playing in the background really felt like an 80s teen movie in a good way. Uh, Yeah, I think you guys covered it. I would just say I'll talk later about the shit I didn't like on this show, but it's like this, to me, is, like, good wrestling for television of like it's fun there's stuff happening uh it's letting me just like have a good time watching it and plus they like had some little some little prizes for me thrown in there with chris stats comeback which they did a great job with 
uh, Chris Staff's return because like every now and then somebody will either in a DM or on Twitter or in the Discord be like, oh, should be pretty close to when like Statlander should be back. But they never really dropped anything. At least I didn't notice it if they did uh, to make me like be on the lookout each week for. So it was a, a genuine surprise. So uh, kudos. And uh, they they uh, played on it well because it was a it was it was a surprise, but not a like illogical one. It was like, oh, she's probably due back, so that makes sense. That's awesome. She's here. That was an inventive way to bring her back. But Trent genuinely had no expectation. I thought he was going to be gone for much longer. I, I haven't like looked at the calendar, but I was like, oh, you know, it's it's going to be at least another three months or something before Trent comes back. Um, but got them both in the same night and just ratcheted up my excitement you know from one level to a to an entire another level that i wasn't wasn't expecting um i did on the on the subject of camera work uh there was the extremely fake looking mortal Kombat cabinet in this match which it's kind of the the story of professional wrestling is that like when your promotion's hot stuff that shouldn't work works and enhances your product and when your promotion's cold, then the, the mistakes stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, and on this show, which was hot, when they pulled out the just extremely goofy-looking fake Mortal Kombat cabinet, because they obviously weren't going to smash any real ones, or that became obvious halfway through the match anyway, um, it was just like, okay, it, it's actually good to me that this stupid arcade cabinet looks so fake, just because this is you know going so smooth. All right, Mike, your elite pick for this week. I got to say, I've thoroughly enjoyed both in a skill like category, but also just like, what are we doing in this world uh, capacity? The idea that uh, the trios match was my favorite thing on the show other than the main event, but which shouldn't surprise anyone who's used to listening to me. But uh, Doc Gallows and Laredo Kid having a very long, like, slowed down beatdown uh, where uh, Doc Gallows was getting the shine on Laredo Kid for what felt like a good solid four to five minutes. It went completely through a commercial break. And just like the idea of, like, Laredo Kid, I guess overall, is my elite because he was the glue in this match. He looked like an absolute star in this. And, you know, it's something that we kind of have to go back to 2019 when everyone's like, oh, yeah, Laredo Kid's going to be here. He's going to be a big star. He's going to be like the big breakout AAA star that's going to come aboard here. And now he's here having really exciting matches with Doc Gallows, who now wears a onesie, which will never get old to me. Like his like full body suit, like Elvis get up, just cracks me up. And, you know, it's just like overall, like this match, like you had that. And then it went right into a sprint section where Laredo Kid did probably the most damaging Tope uh, Suicida that I've ever seen in my life, where I was just like, God, you basically just decided like partway through that you're going to do a rotation and instead you look like that you're just like dive bombing them. And and then the finishing stretch was great. And now we kind of have this idea that now Kenny and the Good Brothers are done with the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid, but now they are moving over to having matches with uh, the Young Bucks and John Moxley because of how that storyline's moving on. And it's a nice little thing that, they, that they've kind of kept as like the 9 o'clock hour thing for the last few weeks. And I kind of like the idea of this second hour trios match kicking off the second hour of the show. And, you know, I had a great time. And I want to watch now, like, I, I will get into the opener later, but I give me a 15-minute Doc Gallows versus Laredo Kid 
a match because I would be fascinated of what could come from that. Yeah, uh, d- didn't really talk about it on the show last week, but uh, Laredo Kid's been great in his his appearances in this company so far, especially over the last couple of weeks. Um, him going just straight up vertical for a what seemed like way too long an amount of time on that dive was awesome. Um, and I guess they, I, I have to presume they made the decision like, okay, you know, Penta and Phoenix, maybe they're not pushed as top guys here, but they're established in AEW, whereas Laredo Kid is new newer uh so they gave him the the whole ass pinfall last week and then they had him uh in the closing stretch here with kenny omega in crunch time um and yeah he just everything he does looks awesome he um very exciting trios match uh that carried the middle of the show uh the also very funny to me cubs on twitter said that uh triple is just not acknowledging that mlw had laredo kid drop the AAA cruiserweight title to Leo Rush, uh, which is just, it's very funny to me that MLW is just fully non-canon in pro wrestling now. Their contract <laughs> is canon and have been non-canon, uh, and now their their wins and losses don't count either. So that's a remarkable achievement in stink. Um, I did the, the post-match angle. I think maybe it would have worked better for me if there had been a crowd to react to mostly John Moxley because... You know, Moxley always got big reactions uh, with AEW crowds and has been pushed as a protected and top guy very well in this company. Um, so I, I kind of feel like him allying with the Young Bucks to set up this big showdown with the Young Bucks and their best friend Kenny Omega should have felt like a really epic, you know, stare down to lead to a big match for next week. Uh, it just kind of didn't feel that way for me because I was like, well, you're not going to do better than fucking the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kids. So <laughs> my expectations are tempered because whatever whatever comes after this match is going to be a step down from this match. Uh, yes, that's true. My Honestly, my favorite takeaway that you all haven't talked about yet was just what Laredo, like Laredo Kids entrance gear, like his uh, his whole setup when he came out. I was like, oh, this guy looks fucking cool. That was basically it. Uh, my Ely pick of the week, I don't know. Um, you guys have hit probably the best stuff from the show, but I'll just say the first thing that I had fun watching on the show was uh, the Nightmare Family Red and Black segment where, uh, you know, some part of the Nightmare Family split off. Uh, you know, you never know if you're seeing the Nightmare Factory, the Nightmare Family, or the Nightmare Collective. And here, I don't know what this what this faction is going to be. Only going to get more confusing now. <laughs> yes, uh, but the 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 nightmares, um, the new nightmares, maybe. Uh, this was fun largely because I've been wondering. It's kind of like been on the back burner of like when is Anthony Agogo going to do something physical in this promotion? We've had him on commentary on Dark, but he was built up as like a big signing. We saw some hype videos for him i guess the talk was that he would be the the heavy in the inner circle but it didn't work out that way so it's like oh well when is this guy gonna do something i was literally thinking it uh before the show tonight just i don't know why but you know as you do just sit around thinking about anthony agogo and so i was uh very excited when uh, he was involved in this they're beating up cody that's cool uh you know red velvet gets involved so that mixes into the red velvet jade thing so i don't know i thought this this little angle was cool yeah, I was kind of down on the big QT angle and push from last week. Um, I mean, I wasn't as down on it as a lot of people. 
because uh, I, I know that QT has a, I think, potential to be an effective heel. Uh, but this this did, I think, turn around, turn turn me around on it. I'm not entirely sure why uh, the involvement of Mr. Freak Beast is a big factor because uh, he's huge. He wears he wears pants like he was in a, a, a mental hospital or whatever, and they had to secure him to the bed. Uh, so those are over with me. Um, I think the Anthony Agogo getting the special shine to be like, I'm going to punch you one time with my boxing shots and you're going to sell like death. That was very effective to me. I don't know. I don't know what angle it was from my childhood that I saw where they had some boxer come in and they were, you know, talking, talking up his punches, like they were death. Like, Oh, he could, he could, you know, kill a guy with a, with a right cross or something. Uh, but I just felt very old school in a pleasant way to me. Um, and Hey, I get pile drivers on stairs. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dustin bleeds, of course. So, yeah, just the the sum of all these different little factors that they did to actually make the angle work and seem seem different. I, and they kind of did a, a similar thing with the heel beat down with the inner circle. They just had enough cool spot ideas that I was like, yeah, okay, that was fucking cool. And it's something where I like the idea that there's like seven different heel units at this point now. Like it, it it's pretty much like just like everyone kind of just dislikes everyone which is very amusing everyone has to be in a group but it it's something where like the match itself was like kind of what it was and then you had like the big shock with uh Arn getting socked in the face and then just like the complete just like sell job of QT first of just being like I can't believe I did this I need space I got too heated there and then slowly like revealing Mr. Freak Beast, uh, Aaron Solo, and Anthony Agogo as affiliated with them. And of course, you got the blood in the right place. I mean, there's few people right now active in wrestling who aren't deathmatch workers who are as good bleeders as Dustin Rhodes. So, you know, the, he made sure to get the uh, side of his face without face paint covered in blood. And then you had QT wipe it on Solo's chest, which is great image. And, you know, this is something where... It's, I find it all very interesting where this all can go to because you look at this uh, the, the this Apple family, as I'm going to call them right now. I don't think that's well, a good I did, phrase. I, I, I pitched a name on our Twitter account. I okay, did a poll. what is it? Did you guys see the poll? No, I did not see the poll. I haven't okay, seen the poll. Well, I, I asked who everybody's new, who's, who everybody's favorite new heel oh, unit was. It was the I Pinnacle. I did see this, actually. I'm and sorry. And QT and the Bad Apples. QT yeah. and the Bad Apples. I like that. The, the, that sounds like a cover band of Sha Na Na. Does that age me saying that? But anyways, it's something. You, you I, usually I, have to subscribe to the Patreon to get Mike's mouth sound. So that was <laughs> that was a bonus for our free listeners. <laughs> the, 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 that was what we call an inducement. You know, you we're trying to kind of get people Buddy, into if the... Buddy, doesn't bring them in, I don't know what will. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, eventually we'll have to show feet. But uh, the, the the thing that like I find very remarkable about all these heel units are, like, you have, like, each of these units needs to have a mic worker, which I guess is QT as, like, the functional leader, MJF as well. And then you have to have a heater, which, I mean, they have two heaters, which is great, because you have both uh, Mr. Freak Beast and Olympic bronze medalist Anthony Agogo. And then you have Aaron Solo around here. And, like, the one thing I was, like, wondering about this was what would happen if, like, Jade came out and just 
kicked Red Velvet's ass there and not backstage. Like, that could have been, like, then then QT and the Bad Apples, that is, like, a main event heel unit just by adding in Jade. And Jade could be the person doing promos. I mean, we don't have to go through what we went through last weekend or last week. And it just, all in all, I felt like it was a... It it would it took something that I just wasn't really enthusiastic about and coming off of a half hour where I was just kind of like, okay, this is just kind of going through the motions. And, you know, then they just had a whole bunch of just crazy angles and it started from there. And it kind of built to where the matches finally kind of picked up to kind of uphold that in the bargain into what ended up being a fun episode. Uh, I did see your uh your tweet date about um something fuck i had i had this thought as i started before i started talking i was like i'll remember it if i just start talking which is always a dangerous thing to do but you did a good tweet how about that do you want me to to just name some of my tweets recently yeah sure uh well i I tweeted about the hatsune miku gamer chair so that was okay i'm talking about from the everything AEW twitter oh oh, oh. um okay um it had to be related to what we were talking about you would think but I could just go look at the feed. Uh, but maybe I'll think of it. So let's hit the <laughs> listener elite. Um, uh, gosh, punk, new patron. Gosh, punk. Hey, I'm very simple. You join our you join our Patreon and our Discord. I'll probably include you in the listener elites and deletes. Gosh, punk says elite. The inner circle bathroom reveal followed up by a uh, friend of the show and patron Oakgan saying, I missed whatever this was, so please don't talk about it on the show. So this is the only info I have. <laughs> All right. Just going to leave it there. Yeah. That, it was good. It was good. Uh, but what you shouldn't leave there is your money in your wallet, folks. You should take it over to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ELITE to get yourself a big deposit bonus up to $1,000. Uh, and shoot your shot. Score big on nonstop action over with our friends at my bookie. Uh, I think it's the final four. That's what I've been led to believe is occurring. Uh, yeah. Um, I have a question as someone sure. that my NCAA bracket is the truth. I've only watched four Miami basketball games this year. Do they just basically do away with the idea of you play Thursday, Saturday, or Friday, Sunday? Yeah, that's like over. This? Yeah, they did. That's over. They did okay. a different schedule this year. And apparently Makes like sense. the highest rate, we haven't done ratings talk in a while. Apparently the highest ratings they've had in years. So they're going to stick with uh, whatever these, this new thing is. Uh, but you can bet on those games over at my bookie. They are actually, I think this is for tomorrow. So that, you will still be able to do this after you hear this. But they were running a thing where you could bet up to $25 on, I forget what the game is, Rockies-Dodgers maybe? Yeah, I think Rockies-Dodgers. The bet is if anybody scores, you win. And, you know, baseball can't go to a tie. So uh, you will win the bet. So I think it's plus 100. So Yeah, and it was up to $25 bet, I believe. And it was technically an over-under of a half. Right. A half a run, which is impossible to have in the sport of baseball even if it's a forfeit yeah so uh go bet on that uh sign up use the promo code elite get a thousand dollar bonus baseball's obviously getting ready to start nba still going on uh hockey and the final four as i said so plenty of stuff to bet on so head over to my bookie today uh now for the deletes uh nate what was something you really didn't like from the show um Ethan Page, um, they put him in tag team. 
Uh, I'm going to call them the Bitter Boys Uncensored because they, they took Scorpio Sky out of his bag, tag team, which he was a champion with Kaz. They broke that up, I presume, because they were going to get behind Scorpio Sky for this big face push. Uh, they never really gave him a chance to succeed, uh, so I kind of understand his complaint. They gave him like the most wins in AEW Dark History and then had him on maybe one Dynamite match at the fucking end of that. Uh, so nobody saw him to see if they wanted to get behind him or not. Um, they turned him heel when he was off TV, won a ladder match, lost the, the title match following that up. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I kind of understand Scorpio Sky's angle for, hey, you know, I'm an AEW original. This is a thing now, apparently. Uh, and and they, I've been overlooked. I haven't gotten the opportunities. Ethan Page has been in this promotion for less than a month, I think. he's he, We saw him in the pay-per-view. He had one, I think, match on Dynamite. Pretty sure he appeared on YouTube a few times, other than his vlog. Uh, and he is already doing an I'm overlooked and I'm undervalued and the office is against me uh, and I'm annoying um, angle. And it doesn't make sense in kayfabe, again, because he's literally just not been there long enough to do anything. Uh, you know, he, he, he won his one television match. Um, and that, you know, was like two weeks ago. So what's the fucking problem? Um, and it's just also annoying and obnoxious and I don't like watching him. Uh, he's bad to me. And this angle is just like, Oh, you thought this guy was bad for this reason. Well, guess what? You're exactly right. And we're going to harp on that and just cram it down your throat. And it's something where his one dynamite match was the one that had the weird audio bleed from the NBA game where it was like him and Lee Johnson were like defense was starting to play. So like if he wanted to like go on that, like that would have to like admit like we had a production mess up. But, you know, there would have been at least some rationale there. But it's just something where it's and, and Nate, when we get into my delete, we'll talk about someone else who big debut and they've completely marginalized them since then but it's it's something that like it's like ethan page in this company is something where i was more interested with him as a tag team wrestler with uh, josh alexander but josh alexander did not leave impact so it's that's just because josh alexander is like good so so you're you're interested in ethan page as a tag team wrestler with josh alexander just because josh alexander is like good um, yeah. You're not actually interested in Ethan Page as a sing a tag wrestler with anybody else, just because I, I like Monster Mafia. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and that's just you like you like Josh Alexander is the truth of that statement. I mean, I d- I have also gone in there and said I like how angry this will make make people and that'll make me laugh. And you know, it started. So, <laughs> but yeah, no, like the, this was just like a real abrupt thing, and I'm like, okay. You're going to go against the Seidel brothers on Monday night. And my one big takeaway was, I think they should have the Seidel brothers win this match. You know, like, like you got to give the Yoko monster some, some love here. Come on. I think this team should be set up exclusively to job to the team of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss to be like, you know what? We were, we were minimized, even though we were with this company from day one. Uh, and we just kept working and worked together and uh, did our best to do better. Uh, and they're going to strive for the top, and they should just beat Scorpio Sky and even Page and be like, yeah, shut up, do the work. 
Uh, to me, it's the best case scenario. Ethan Page is in this company, but they're just setting up matches for him on YouTube that I don't have to watch. So that's fine with me. I mean, yeah, it's annoying as shit, but it's like annoying for what ninety seconds on an episode of Dynamite instead of full matches and stuff. It so. just, it really, it it's that annoyance where I don't know if you guys may not have this experience. Sometimes I'll get, I'll have an annoying person i have to associate with at work for work reasons uh and they'll send me an email and their email will have all the information i need to react and do my job accordingly and as soon as the email hits my inbox i'll look at it and say this motherfucker is going to fucking call me and tell me they sent me an email (laughs) and i look at it and then 15 seconds later my phone rings and i fucking flip out and lose my mind then i have to pick up the phone and put a smile on be like hey yeah what's up Oh, you sent me an email? Okay, yeah, great. Oh, you're going to read what you said in the email to me on the phone? That's fantastic. <laughs> that, to me, is Ethan Page showing up in this company and two weeks later saying, I'm upset about my spot. It, it, it's something where, like, my version of that was always has, like, please advise, warmest regards, and it would be, like, doing this thing. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're sending me a shot list because of what you want for footage. And then you're going to try to ask me to find footage of Ponce de Leon landing in Florida when that was 400 years before the invention of the moving image camera. Yes, no. There was a, there was a time period when I was at the archive I worked at that they said, Mike, we don't want you to handle client requests because you will just say, how do you, because you'll say things to people and you'll be like, no, like that footage doesn't exist. You understand time frames and you'll be mean. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that, Nate. I, I just thought like I was honoring to the point though i don't th- i don't feel like i was wrong i say please advise all the time because i want them to advise me on what i said that's fair that's I, fair i get so irritated myself when i'm writing something for work and i like i'm writing like a brief and i'm like blah blah advised blah blah that and i'm like no fucking nobody advises anybody of anything i think advice I, is a fine word to use i, I mean you counsel I like it it sounds like you... i mean please advise is lawyer shit but like somebody advise somebody something is cop shit for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean that that's when you're asking to speak to your counselor. So yeah, you're when cops say somebody advised, they're just yeah. saying the dumb guy version of somebody apprised someone else of a situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking, I love that's cops what's happening. Speak. That's so like funny. that's like Blade on BTE saying, "Oh, that perks my interest." <laughs> he's just just missing that the word is peaks. Yes, I'm sure he is. That's funny. I, I've I actually used perks my, I, I've used perks my interest before, but I also used to say hand five instead of high five. So what do I know? <laughs> well, you are, you are the idiom master of the show. So <laughs> yes, that's true. No, no, I'm not. I'm just really dumb. <laughs> um, so I, I I hear something in the distance, Aaron, and oh, something coming in for from a flyby, and that's right. Is I it, have some. Is it coming from? Boston, Massachusetts. He <laughs> <laughs> no, was like New Hampshire or something. I think he's like, Fuck, e- I don't know. Even more Northeast than Boston. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'm aboard the Taycopter today. And what I am, am aboard the Taycopter about is, Nate, you talked about how they marginalize Ethan Page within the, the ever since revolution, basically. They, they, they treat him like a big deal, and now he's 90 seconds on Dynamite talking about a match he's having on the C-Show that they're going to sell into international syndication, right? Like, that's something that they've done. But I have never seen someone, and this is a wrestler that I 
as in my childhood and all of this like i've never seen someone be marginalized after being treated like such a big deal as christian and it's something where i had to like take a step back and look through my notes to make sure i wasn't hallucinating like they treated like christian was like this huge deal that only no more B- bs paul white and tony khan knew about they announced him at the pay-per-view they did like a big thing about him signing the contract then on wednesday after the pay-per-view he was immediately thrown into an angle with kenny omega the AEW world champion and now his first match was a 20 minute uh 2004 backlash ass match with uh with frankie kazarian where like the storyline is like wow this guy is really rusty he's not had a real match in seven years like how are people supposed to now even care about when a star comes in and you treat a star like a big deal when you've completely within less than a month less than a month have made christian into someone that like you you built him up as like this huge star you built up these expectations you had him in his first angle be with kenny omega that's completely dropped off by the way you had him in this opener where he's i i don't think i'm exaggerating when i say that frankie kazarian primarily a tag team wrestler took about 70 percent of that match like how if you're someone that's like oh christian's here that that it's a big thing christian's here and you see that match like how are you supposed to take away if anything other than lol christian is old and he can't beat people like in short order like it just kind of came off like that and that's not even getting to the match itself which i don't think it was that great of a match i think that a lot of people are acting like technical people doing technical matches is a great thing versus just going through the motions and eating up time and making boring wrestling that's my own personal taste though but am i completely off base and thinking like how marginalized they've made christian over the last month because i it's kind of driving me nuts in a way and it kind of like put like piqued my interest uh, and uh i tried to make sure to say that right there nate i'm proud <laughs> of myself there Appreciate it. but it's just kind of nuts like it, it, it am i crazy about this like is this aaron, something that i'm just fixating on is the match your delete aaron uh kind of there's okay. a there's a mixture of things i've got a okay. bigger take to do okay. you can talk about the match if you okay. want okay um so i i think I think I, I don't want to complain about them course correcting with Christian because I think that was probably well advised. Um, but he came out and did the Kenny Omega angle. You, you're for sure correct about that. They they put him on pay per view and you know talked about how he would say should should be a Hall of Famer. Um, and then you know two weeks later it was oh I'm I'm hanging out with the jobbers in the back. I'm I'm showing that I'm a good guy here to do the work. Uh, now I'm getting into this story with Cass. I feel like the Kaz thing is a reaction to people feeling like he was overpushed when he first came back. So I don't really want to be like, oh, you should you should have stuck with the Kitty Omega angle and, and gone and done that dream match because, um, I don't know, I feel like they weren't getting the best, the, the reaction they wanted for that. So I think the course correction is okay. On the subject of the match, I mean, I, th- I think it was pretty good. I think, you know, I say this every week about almost every match. It could have been five minutes shorter and it would have been better for it. Um, you know, they go and do, like you said, Cash takes 70% of the match and gets all his shit in. He does all of his finishers. Uh, and, you know, what makes a good match to a lot of people is that Christian kicks out of all the finishers and keeps fighting and they go really long and, uh, you know, Christian ends up getting the win. Um, that doesn't necessarily make a good match to me but i did watch it and i went oh yeah no you can you can kind of see the technical details that christian does that other guys uh in this company don't necessarily do and i think that 
one of the things I I've always liked about New Japan is those young lion matches. You put on those very basic, uh, structurally sound young lion matches at the beginning of the show, and that sets sort of a baseline or a foundation for your whole, whole show. And goes, here's what wrestling looks like in its most basic, simple form. Here's the old school shit. Here's the really tight headlocks like Christian does. And, you know, the, the, the long and prolonged selling, here's all that shit. And then as the show continues, you go bigger and crazier and have guys doing more insane spots and you have Lucha Trios matches and stuff. And I think that's great because that, that makes that Lucha Trios match stand out um, and, and look like insane shit better than having the Lucha Trios match come right after the, uh, uh, you know, Kenny Omega match in the, in the first, in the first quarter hour of the show. Um so yeah, you know, I, I thought it was pretty good. I uh, I don't mind them course correcting on Christian. Uh, I do, you know, they they do drop threads uh, a fair amount in the promotion, and that's annoying. So I think you're right about that. But you know, it, it I'm fine, like not paying the closest attention to the show for the first five minutes, and then getting in for the closing stretch and being like, oh yeah, it seems like they worked really hard. That was pretty good. Uh, I think it's Jermaine, so I'll just go ahead and do. I'll just work in my delete into. What I was trying to do. I was trying to just give that. Right. Give you the. I like that. I, pre- I appreciate that. Uh, my delete is uh, this is a this was actually a Tony Schiavone line during the QT Cody match, and I really like Tony Schiavone, but he said, uh, "This is great technical wrestling from two great technical wrestlers," and it's like when people say that, like, "Oh, this was really." uh technically sound this was really well worked Uh, i really like the work they did there what they're really saying is this is fucking boring (laughs) and nobody has any real interest in it so we have to but i have to pretend that i'm actually smarter than you about pro wrestling i actually know what's good pro wrestling and all (laughs) you know is like flips and shit that's all you care about you fucking dumbass well, so, that is what all I care about, to be fair. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so, but, like, the, I mean, you, you like Zack Sabre matches in Evolve. Right, yeah. The, I do. And, and but that, Zack Sabre also has interesting character work in his matches. He doesn't just right. do cool moves, but he, like, cool technical moves. But yeah. that's actually technical wrestling. What Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall do is not technical wrestling on any level. And what Christian and Frankie Kazarian did was not technical wrestling on any level. It's just like boring performance center shit. That's like, I, here's yeah, the I, thing. I, I can't, uh, go ahead. I'm just saying, if you're going to do a 20 minute match, it needs to be much more exciting than that, especially to open a television show. I just think there's a big difference between uh, an opening television match and any television match versus yeah. something you might do somewhere else. For example, on a pay-per-view, which I wouldn't want to do this on a pay-per-view either, but there are different types of matches in different scenarios. This was a bad time, which I think, Nate, you were saying, this was a bad time to do this match. But overall... No, no, no. I was saying this is a good time to do this match. Oh, okay. Well, then I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> but the, my, my theory being, like the Young Lion matches, well, so so I, you're kind of right in that it is a television match, so it's a totally different equation. But like for Young Lion matches, that sets the table for the live audience, and they see this is like the basic structure of professional wrestling. So yeah, right. you do the insane shit later in the show, you're escalating for it. You're not just going, oh, I've been, you know, the first match on the fucking show was the TLC ladder match or whatever. Right. So all of this is the same to me. 
Right. Um, but I, but yeah, you're, you're, you're correct that it's kind of a totally different equation when you're talking about television, American television wrestling. Yeah. And when you're talking about, you're putting a guy, you are, as, as bike was saying, you're putting out there as a big star. It's not the same as putting, I don't even know who the new young lions are, but I'm going to, you know, say it's, you know, show Tanaka and fucking, <laughs> uh, Kimura. uh, you're not putting them out there. Like you're putting Christian who is wearing a shirt that says outwork everyone. He's supposed to be like a fucking, well, I guess they're trying to say that's more of like, he works hard. Not that he's like a yeah. super yeah. worker. Yeah. But it, it, it's something also that like, if you would take basically this match, this opener, which by the way, when you commit 20 minutes to that on a wrestling TV show, that's just not just committing 20 minutes to it because you're also committing the commercial breaks. You're committing like all of this to it. So you're a variable thing. It's not taking a sixth of your show. It's closer to a fifth or maybe even a quarter of your show with this kind of thing, just with that. But you could do, you brought up Jack Saber Jr., but you can do technical matches with people who are skilled technicians and people can watch them and be like, wow, they are trading holds. Or if they come in from like a UFC background and maybe it's something where like they see Tay Conti do ring work and you're like, oh no, she's a judoka. That makes sense to see her do this. But with this, well, what it was is it just really came across as just like, oh, we're eating time on a pay-per-view with this opener, which should be a, th a thing that you're using to start your television show. And it's cutting up a whole lot of time here on this, sh on this program. And then the whole, like, I, maybe it's something where, like, the Cody and the QT thing, because the angle was so strong afterwards, I was like, okay. And I think everyone who was kind of watching it was waiting for the angle that, like, that kind of flippant comment, I just kind of... I didn't remember it happened. Aaron, when you had this in the show notes, I was like, oh, this happened, okay. But it, it just kind of was washed over with this, but I just can't abide by just, like, how they've... Just, just this whole entire, like, madness around Christian is something that just... We, we talk about over-promising and under-delivering, and I might be alone on this, but it feels like that they've course-corrected their way into under-delivering of Christian in a way that, I mean, it's just their... I mean, it's just their own failing, I would say. Okay, I have, I have three points. We'll see if I can remember the third one by the time <laughs> I'm done with the first one. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard. Um, so, Aaron, I agree with you that a lot of time this was not a technical match. Like you would, uh, Zach Saber Jr. shows that it's possible to have uh, t uh, exciting technical matches. Um, I do think so. People do for sure go and say, "Oh, you know what a technical." technical match which is code for that was a match i liked even though they didn't do any exciting high spots and flips and shit um i think that's maybe a little uh, uh underrating kaz's offense a little bit because he did like a flux capacitor in this match kind of a cool flip move he has a cool leg drop he has some cool offensive spots uh, i have no interest in kaz as like a character whatsoever like could not be less interested in the guy is like a my gimmick is that I'm old and angry or whatever. Um, but like his, his spots are not like boring technical spots. Like, Oh, I have like a couple of pretty cool spots. Um, on the subject of under delivering with Christian, I kind of, I think this would have been better if one, it had been five minutes shorter and two, if Cass took 70% of the match and then one, and then the match, the story that you tell is, Oh, Christian has been off for literally seven years. Um, and is not, you know, in fighting ring shape. And wow, he sure withstood a bunch of good moves from Kaz and put up his best fight. But you can see he just doesn't have the gas in the tank 
to win this match because that's that's what the story of the match was to me as I was watching it, right? Like Christian kind of looking his age and, and being a step behind Kaz, who's no spring chicken. It's like, oh, that's a more interesting story to me, which is like Christian not being the all-time great uh, you know, Hall of Fame worker here in this match, but being a guy who's been out of the ring for seven years and is old and is trying to recapture one last bit of glory or whatever is a better story to me. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe that would have uh, been contrary to Mike's point about undervaluing him, but I think that's kind of a more interesting story. And I did forget the third point that yes. I, I knew I was going to. Yeah. Well, I, I, I counted them out with my fingers. Like when I get to the third finger, I'm going to remember it's about this and I couldn't do it. Everybody's so scared of that story though. Right. Like I think back to that, uh, you know, John Cena gets crushed by Brock Lesnar. And then like the next week he's beating up like the Wyatts, I think, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And like even the, the Julia thing in startup, it's like, Oh, she loses this big match and they shave her head, but then they just make her fucking look cool and like do cool stuff. It's like, nobody wants to just have the person who, gets humbled and has to like take some time to to build up but that well, is a more could, interesting story well i could tell you of one promotion that's doing this well, and that is like i don't watch dragon gate I'm oh sorry. I, I remember unless my you're third gonna point. tell me it's mlw i remember well my third i point. mean mlw <laughs> has done its own thing i mean very interesting on they leave one uh relationship by having someone leave the show in a body bag and then immediately the next segment later announce a new relationship with that person's former company just kind of interesting, but no, I was gonna make a Dragon Gate reference about Big Arsh Mizu deciding to become mass and become a comedy wrestler and having to rebuild himself. But yeah, I think whatever. this match is ideal for like a pay per view opener of like twelve to fourteen minutes, exactly for the reasons I talked about why young lion matches are good. It sets the table for the rest of the show, and like I've complained about with pay per views, I want the biggest matches at the end of the show. The first match on a pay per view. I want to be walking in. I want to be giving you know a drink to my guests or whatever, or grabbing snacks. <laughs> And not paying my full attention. So that's why I think this kind of match is like not great for a first match on American wrestling television, maybe, but for a table setter on a pay per view, I think is great because then you build to more exciting things. And then the main event is the most exciting. Yeah, my main thing was just like, I'm just irritated. I mean, every, all the tweets of like, my, oh, they my main really, thing is that I'm mad at tweets. They really slowed down and, uh, you know, we're told. And it's like, you fucking sound like Jim Cornette. Like, if you'd like that, that's fine. But saying it that way just makes you sound like I mean, like I will say, when, like, Christian put on a headlock, thing. put on a side headlock, and I was like, oh, Christian's side headlocks looks better than most of the other people's side headlocks. So I, I noticed that. That's like, oh, he's, he's, he's good at doing that. He's a veteran. You can see that. But it's still kind of just a side headlock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, who fucking cares? I mean, great. You know, congratulations. Uh, anyway. Okay. Well, you know what would make uh, Christian look better? He shaved that fucking beard. That's all I'm saying. And a good place to go uh, if you want to shave your beard. Uh, we have some support for this show, for Everything Elite, brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. And I hate to, in our first read, disagree with our friends at Manscaped, but of course... Lots of people need to groom below the waist. Uh, you don't have to be a man to groom below the waist. So don't feel left out if you're listening to the show and you want to groom below the waist with Manscaped because they have precision engineered tools that you can use. And uh, all you need is the code. This is my favorite code that we've ever had on this show. And it'll get you 20% off and free shipping. You just use the code. This is 
uh, at manscaped.com. They have sent me, and I believe they've sent Nate and Mike also, the Lawnmower 3.0, folks. Oh, yeah. Got all the goodies. Got all the the all the ointments and tinctures as That's well, right. That's uh, right. which are very exciting when they show up at your door. Um, the, the crop preserver. The crop preserver. The meat tenderizer. Is that one of them? I don't know. Maybe. I want to put over the crop preserver. I have used this. And it yeah. does. It gives you... It feels good. Although, here's the problem with the crop preserver. I go to the this bathroom. Is... <laughs> I... I you know, I pull my thing out to go to the bathroom and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh man, it smells good down there. <laughs> M- making me put it. on the explicit tag this is, for this, this show. Is, this is your problem. So uh, to this is further as the, uh, the theory of the, the starters slash everything elite shared universe here, because the starters are the same thing on their ad reads. We're halfway through. They're like, oh, no, I'm going to uh, point out some problems and some issues I've had. <laughs> well, it's not a problem. I mean, it's a positive thing, but it's just like, it's always on my mind because, uh, you know, mm. it's a, it's a nice smell that I'm, I mean, look, usually it's a bad sign. If you pull your thing out and you smell something. Okay. In this particular situation, it's a good sign because you know that you are, you're preserving. You're you're preserving, and it gives you a little pep in your step because you're like, it when does. I walk out of here, the, the the my wife is gonna smell my crop preserver. <laughs> That's right, and it's like, uh, I honestly I was using it a little because I was having a little chafing, and it has helped with that. It has fixed my my chafing problem I was having. So that's uh, that's my personal um, thing about about the crop preserver. The lawnmower 3.0 also great. Uh, comes in the brand new Perfect Package 3.0. Everything you need to keep yourself trimmed, uh, and of course, all the other products that we talked about. Uh, and they're going to throw in free gifts if you if you buy the perfect package. So head on over to manscape.com, use the code. This is get twenty percent off plus free shipping. Uh, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you, and our balls thank you as well. Our balls will really thank you. It's a great way to support the show is to uh, use the codes that we give you during the show. All right, let's – did I do the uh, listener delete? I did not. Full Metal Praxis deletes himself for being such a mark that he loves Jericho again after one good angle. <laughs> I did. They did that angle. We're not supposed to talk about it in detail. No. Uh, but I think Jericho brought uh, uh, like a new facial hair uh, element to the equation i think yeah and i, yeah. I kind of looked at it and went god damn it he's done it again i, I think <laughs> I, I think chris jericho's successfully repackaged himself again and record time too this son like, of a usually, bitch usually it's like six months later but yeah he was looking insane it was great all right let off folks with christian cage versus frankie kazarian christian one with the kill switch i think we've we've run that one into the ground uh there was a darby and sting video darby uh, talking to Matt Hardy, he says, the truth is your body's breaking down. You don't know if you got it anymore. He, this is a little scary because he could have been talking to Sting, right? So uh, weird video or Christian Cage. He said, you used to influence younger wrestlers, but now you try to buy them. You can't buy respect. You have to earn it. Your money doesn't mean shit to me. This was good. These uh, these are, these video packages are a better way to play up this Sting and Darby relationship than the you know, uh, uh, repetitive in-ring segments that they were doing. And Darby does a great job of like crystallizing this storyline so we can just get an idea of what what Hardy stands for and what Darby stands for. So good pro wrestling. Yeah, and it was incredibly effective because about 45 seconds, sick, one full minute, 60 seconds, 
everything's laid out here, and we have a good starting line for a new feud, I guess, Darby and Sting versus the Hardy family office, or Darby versus Matt Hardy, and I thought it was incredibly effective. Uh, then we got a video with Jade Cargill. A lot of videos on the show. Another of my deletes was going to be just the pacing on this show. but Oh, I love this pacing. Uh, too much shit for me. Uh, Jade says, uh, you were shook. You knew when you first saw me that I have it. I look like money. I talk like money. She does something else like money that I, I didn't grab. Uh, and when TK booked me, I got that money. But she says, I know you're mad. You can't be me because I am that bitch. Uh, I, oh, is this the tweet that you were talking about? I'll I'll say my tweet and then you tell me if it was the one you were thinking of. Okay. I, I said, look, good, good Jade promo. I like Jade's promos are are pretty solid. They do nice little hype packages around them. I don't care if she cuts the best hype package promo in the world. It's not going to be as good as her going out there every week and just killing some girl in three minutes. Like, yes, it, that's just not killing. Someone's going to be a better way to get hype behind her. That actually was the tweet I was thinking about uh, because I enjoyed. Oh, yeah, because Mike was talking about how they could have brought her out and she could have destroyed Red Velvet when she's like, you know, saving Cody. That also would have been effective. But as you pointed out, I think it would have been even more effective to just, yeah, do a match where she kicks somebody's ass. All right, then we got the QT Marshall versus Cody exhibition match that, that fell apart when the Nightmare family exploded. Uh, we got uh, Mr. Freak Beast, Nick Comoroto, Anthony Agogo, and Aaron Solo on Team QT. Uh, they're about to kill Cody, but Red Velvet intervened. Then we got the Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page video. Dasha with Red Velvet asked about protecting Cody. Jade kicks her ass. Uh, there's a Mox video. He says he can't get the crunch out of his head from when the Good Brothers attacked Eddie's ankle. Uh, he's pissed off about a lot of things, and the Bucks can't even decide whether to get in the fight. Uh, he takes off his shirt, which uh, SB enjoyed. I have to just be honest with everyone. She asked uh, if he could take his pants off next. Uh, just as we're like sitting on the couch on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Insane. SB rules. Sarah right. rules. Uh, she says, now they want to put me in the ring with Cesar Bononi. He looks like a Baywatch lifeguard. They could really make some money with him. I bet Patrick Cosmos hated that line. But they won't be able to if I kill him. Uh, and that led into John Moxley versus Cesar Bononi, uh, where I got to say, Cesar really slowed down, uh, took his time in this match, sold <laughs> Mox's offense, uh, just like a real veteran. But unfortunately, Mox won with the head and arm choke. I'll say that I will never join the bone zone, but Cesar Bononi wasn't as bad in a 15-minute match, what felt like a 15-minute match, as how bad he was against uh, uh, Adam Page. Like, I felt like this was something that, you know, he's going to be around, and he's kind of learning on the job, if you think about it, and having a game put into these kind of circumstances, I mean, I think we've seen how it's gone for him so far, but he is very funny, because we talked about all the heaters they have. The idea that he is the heater for Peter Avalon, Hot Young Briley, and J.D. Drake, when J.D. Drake's standing right there, just cracks me up. Super weird. Stable. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I guess if you're going to have a, a, a guy who doesn't seem to be very good, be a job guy, like, I guess it makes sense for him to be physically impressive because you can be like oh john moxley beat that monster i'm just going to shout out the these uh tweets by bix uh who <laughs> sort of gave us the lay of the land on cesar bononi that uh says bononi of course late of the performance center um bix says wwe used his work visa to control him refused to sponsor green cards for he and his wife 
His wife was not allowed to work under the visa that she got in the U.S. And then uh, fired, says Barnoni, quote, hung him out to dry when a global pandemic and economic depression hit. Uh, and then so A.W. basically saving the day and getting this guy employment in the U.S. Uh, so he doesn't have to uproot his life in the middle of this pandemic after living in this country for five whatever years. Uh, and then seemingly, uh, you know, we're able to pull some strings or whatever to get his, I think, sister-in-law an emergency visa to try and get her uh, life-saving procedure, uh, which I guess has been additionally delayed by the pandemic now. But, um, you know, I guess that's just the context that I'm now going to bring to every, every Cesar Bononi match in this promotion. I, I mean, I have nothing but empathy for him and sympathy for him. And I think it's a genuine, like, travesty how basically he was controlled by his green card sponsor and have like this. And it's great that AEW has taken ownership and has helped out. But he's going to be learning on the job. I mean, he's had, like, what, like a dozen televised NXT matches. And he's not a, he's not like a prodigy like Ty Conti who just snapped to it and started to get it. So, I mean, it's. It's something where I'll be interested in seeing how the Bone Zone develops over the next like few months, seeing that now he is a featured wrestler in the promotion. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, he's very bad at wrestling, but he's also very funny at wrestling. So great look, great I think, look. I think they look. should they should book him like nine one one in ECW where he never wrestles, but um. Maybe JD Drake just rides to the ring on his shoulders, and then oh, that's good. Once every few weeks, he comes in and choke slams somebody. I, that's what, I, that's what they should do with him. I feel myself being pulled toward the bone zone. I'm just going to be honest with everyone. I feel it happening. Uh, I want to resist it, but I may just be, I may be unable to resist it. I just want everyone to know. Nothing. No reaction to that. <laughs> I thought Nate had a reaction, but just disappointment. Just disappointment. <laughs> you, you feel like you know someone across over 118 episodes, yeah. close to 200 hours of audio, but yeah, they had to they have to tell you that they have their phone card. You know, WWE at least could have taught this motherfucker how to wrestle if they were going to treat it like shit. But they they, they don't know how to do that. They didn't know. even do that. <laughs> they, they're yeah. not capable. I mean, when their top rookie is a former athlete that they basically had to plan through matches, and people are acting like it's some great success, you you got a broken system. Then it's true. Triple t Triple Tuesday and his failed nine figure <laughs> secession plan. It's bad. Uh, so yeah, is maybe this, is this the last week with NXT on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. This is no the next last week. week. Oh next no, week. next week. Yeah, because next week is when they're going to be doing the two night takeover. A finger quotes where the first night is on Wednesday. And then mm. the next night is on Peacock on Thursday. I see. Sneaky. Uh, Tony should do some sort of obnoxious celebration on the show. Or or he should at least make a, a snarky comment about it in his weird heel persona that he does on Impact Wrestling. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with Teacock. <laughs> it's nope. not it working. Nope. <laughs> that should have stayed in the workshop. <laughs> nope. I don't even know what you're going for. TK. But Peacock is what I was trying to come up with something. Why? I don't know, man. <laughs> For what reason? I don't know. Uh, Team Taz. I'm just going to move on. Team Taz backstage. Ricky says he had a great time at Dark last night. It felt like the old Team Taz. Uh, but he wants to hear what Cage thought. Cage looking, uh, you know, a little, uh, I don't know, irritated over there. He says, that's a first. That you He's looking a little... Uh, uh, unit dissension playbook A. Yeah, of course. 
Uh, he says, that's a first. And anybody wants to hear what he thinks. He says, I thought maybe you would tag me in sooner. We would have gotten the win sooner. Uh, Taz has to calm things down. He says, everything's fine with Team Taz. And then he says, no one can stop the path of rage? Is this a thing that I've missed? Dude, no one can stop the path of cage. I No, I know that, but he's now just started saying rage instead of cage. Maybe they're bringing in the silent rage. <laughs> they should bring Anthony in... Anthony Levine is in Daly's place? That'd be huge. They should bring in Quiet Storm, frankly. Quiet Storm and Silent Rage should be a team in AEW. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm trying to remember what his tag team partner was, because Quiet Storm did have a tag team partner in the Northeast Indies before he Somebody moved to Japan. Somebody for sure posted an old magazine photo of them like within the last he, week or something. Oh, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. Like Quiet Storm just has like that's the body type that we need more in wrestling is more quiet storm. Uh, the pinnacle is backstage. They're in uh, the dressing room. Uh, they brought in a personal pinnacle stylist. Who's just a guy with some fabric swatches on a, on like a little fold out thing. Like the guy who comes to your office and tries to sell you uh, suits. This is because you buried their suits last week. Well, yeah, they, they need I, a guy, but a better guy than this guy. I got to tell you, they, you buried their suits last week, and now they got a fashion stylist in there to consult. I also talked and complained at length on this show about the inner circle, uh, you know, going from violent clowns to mostly just clowns. And now that's MJF's whole shit. Is he doesn't want to do the comedy sketches. They just wants to bring the violence, and that's what we got here. Um, yeah, he's also, he was going to, uh, see, I can't tell this part because Ogan will be mad at me, but just trust me that a thing happened and it led to a big brawl between the inner circle and it was a good brawl. Okay. You should go good watch brawl. it. It was a really good segment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I agree. It, it was well done and it's something that uh, I wanted to ask y'all with this thing has been looming for the last 12 months. Is this the future blood and guts match? Dex- it started- Dexter looming. Dexter looming. Yeah, I know. I'm doing art, you know, outside the ring, being the host for... Aaron Bailey's really going to give me a side alley. He didn't say T-cock a minute ago. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I expect better out of you, Nate. I just wanted to think about Dexter Loomis. (laughs) Uh, Alex Marvin... Oh, uh, Chris Jericho put the Inner Circle logo outside the dressing room at the end, so he has reclaimed the dressing room. Uh, Alex Marvin is with the Young Bucks. Uh, He asked what's going on with them and Kenny. Uh, The Bucks say they don't want to talk about that. So Callis, I was kind of confused by this, but I, he told somebody to leave, and then Alex Marvez and Nick Jackson both left. Um, Matt stayed. Callis said, I love Kenny Omega. I thought you did too, but you broke his heart last week. He chose you and your brother. He made a choice based on family, and instead you chose to leave him laying bleeding in the ring. What's wrong with you? Uh, Matt slaps Don Callis, grabs his jacket, but stops himself. And Callis says, that's it, eh? Which I enjoyed. And he said... Is there anything inside you at all? All right. Was, oh, yeah, you know, they, they did what they meant to do here. Yeah. No, no, this checked all the boxes. Don Callis is someone that's very hit or miss, but this was probably his better promo in the promotion, I would say. So I think I this was effective. I think it's cool because it's like, it's a different twist on this, right? Where Callis is the heel, but he is like poking, you know, because they were doing yeah. this thing about like, oh, you're not as good. You're not doing as good as you're supposed to be about like being a tag team when they're the fucking champions. But now he's like flipped that a little bit. And he's just like, don't you feel things like isn't there anything going on? And don't you have like a core, a center? Mm. And I just think that's like a much cooler thing, especially coming from a heel. Like, I think it's it's good. It is. Um, 
it, it it's a little refreshing just to see the baby face understand that they get more if they show like some weakness and be like, yeah, no, you know, the heel's got a point. I'm, uh, I am being cowed in this moment or whatever. And, uh, I, I'm not just being the, you know, pure white meat baby face. Who's just going to rise above and, and, you know, win all the time or whatever. But instead like, no, I should have an arc where it's like, yeah, no, we do have to change something about what we're doing in order to overcome this obstacle. Um, that's, that's good. And this is, you know, they communicated that pretty in a pretty brief segment here. So yeah, it, it, it did what they meant to do. Uh, the trios matches next Omega and the good brothers versus the Lucha brothers and Laredo kid Omega pin Laredo kid with the one winged angel after the match box came out then the bucks came out. The three of them ran off Omega and the good brothers setting up a match for next week. Uh, rebel interviewed Brit. Brit was giving us the hard sell for elevation on Monday nights. Uh, she said she saw Thunder Rosa is on the card, which is good for her because she needs to get her wins up since her biggest win ever wasn't even sanctioned. It didn't even count. Great, great heel stance here. Just yes. awesome. It was. It was good. Uh, Nyla Rose and the Bunny versus Hikaru Shida and Tai Conti. And uh, of all the finishes to this match, I would not have guessed the Bunny would pin Tai Conti. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe not what I would have chosen to do. I, I don't. It. I don't think it's really a problem, but I, I, it seems like everybody's all in on Ty Conti right now. I, I just like have her beat the bunny who you just brought back. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like the Christian thing. Like you just brought him back. You can. You, you can beat them. It's okay to beat them in this moment. Yeah, and it's something where I did like the idea of how. She's angry that she was left out of the Eliminator tournament, and that's part of her justification here. And with her, with the Hardy family office, it makes sense there. It's just one of those things that interesting direction. I I, I think it's interesting kind of path that they're starting to take. Whereas it seems like that they've been really getting solid behind uh, Ty lately, and kind of unexpected result there. I, I think everybody knows. I just don't like the gets pinned in a tag match, wins in a singles match booking. That's just not booking. I enjoy. Doesn't make sense to me. So I'm sure she's going to beat her and then she's going to, you know, she's already, it's also weird because she's already beaten Nyla. So it's like, isn't Nyla the, like the top boss in that team or whatever. So it's kind of weird. Uh, I, do, we get some... I do like that they had, it, it, it kind of seemed busy, but I did also like that they tied in the, the Hardy versus Dark Order thing here and had, you know, all the people out at ringside and shit. Um just gave it a little more juice for me. And, you know, I like when there's dynamic interplay between these stories where it's like, yeah, Ty is climbing the rankings and maybe she's going to be next up for Hikaru Shida, but she's also got this issue because the Dark Order is feuding with the Hardy family office. So just just a good mixture of a lot of different sort of variables in play. Uh, we got some comments from Jurassic Express, <laughs> Jurassic Express, because they announced a match with them versus Bear Country for next week. Uh, they said this is the second time you've thrown Marco Stun around in honor of Godzilla versus Kong. We're going to show you who's on the top of the food chain, and then they unveiled that Marco has a King Kong tattoo on his forearm. Very excited Love- for the uh, Godzilla versus Kong product placement match. Huge gift for AEW. Love that synergy. Love being on the max life. Uh, the Arcade Anarchy match is the main event. Miro and Kip Sabian versus Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. Uh, Chuck pinned Kip Sabian with a running power slam through the stage. Another through the stage 
spot in like the last six weeks on AEW. Uh, and as we said, during the match, Penelope was fucking with Aubrey, but Chris Stat back to uh, attack Penelope. And then, yeah, Sue pulled up in the van and Trick came out. So uh, the whole band is back together. I heard, heard some banter that Sammy Guevara vlog was taking lead in booking the promotion over BTE, but that, that does not pay the proper respect to all the groundwork they laid with Chris Stallander being in love with Orange Cassidy on BTE. And week after week of segment, including Chris Stallander singing a Disney-ass love song to Orange Cassidy while he was asleep. Um, all that and more on the EE Patreon, where I talk about these vlogs and get bored halfway through uh, and talk about old people from school that I vaguely remember. Uh, that's the hard sell, folks. It's patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh, make sure you check it out. As I said, you know, it's a new month. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, if you're not a live listener... So it's a great time to sign up. We've got three uh, tiers to sign up on. They're all good. Uh, the, the the main difference is the $5 tier gets you all of our audio, but the $8 tier gets you the live show on Wednesday night. So uh, that's the main reason to subscribe to that. But we'll also follow you on Twitter if that appeals to you in any real way. Uh, this week on the Patreon, uh, Nate and I reviewed Austin Gunn's rap album. Uh, How did you enjoy that, Nate? uh yeah don't say what you enjoyed about the <laughs> no you gotta, gotta pay for that goddamn yeah <laughs> um yeah it was you know we also we use it as an entry point just to talk about our general media diets uh now that we do these shows live right after the show they're like late in the evening so it's a little more of an ask for us to do uh bizarre tangents about other things that we like talking about so you kind of get a lot of that content on the patreon Yes, if you like us uh, doing weird stuff, then there's a lot of that to be found on the Patreon. We also did Light uh, this week, where it's usually Mike and I previewing Dynamite and talking about Dark and Elevation, but I was on assignment this week. Mike handled it uh, by his lonesome, and then Nate, of course, uh, bats cleanup by giving us uh, the vlog recaps. Yeah, no, it was a, we usually break down the show and talk about, because there's so much now, uh, dark and elevation content we kind of pick a couple matches to talk about each time and it's, you know it's a good way to start your wednesday and if it's something on your lunch break to kind of get you hyped up for dynamite on wednesday night that's right uh and this month uh we have our discord of course so make sure you come join the discord uh bike spears is that a spears x spears or just a spears drew talked me into it i was not planning on doing this but we're probably going to have some sort of uh nd wrestlemania weekend show in a couple of weeks yeah so look forward to that. Uh, I've been talking with a very special guest. Uh, you might have saw a guy did this tweet uh, asking for uh, recommendations of modern, the best modern death matches. So I've been, I talked on the show a few weeks ago about liking, uh, maybe I just want to be a death match guy. So somebody reached out to me, uh, would be a first time Patreon guest and asked uh, that we do a show about this where we get recommendations. We watch some death matches and talk about them. So uh, that's in the hopper. Maybe we can get that out in April. Uh, and we got plenty of other stuff. So patreon.com slash everything elite. Check it out. Uh, next week on Dynamite, uh, John Moxley and the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, the Bunny versus Ty Conti. The TNT title will be on the line. Darby Allen versus JD Drake. Okay, who tweeted... EE pod offer match. Okay. I did. You didn't sign that one, so wasn't sure. I thought for a second, uh, I think Aaron Taub still has access to our account. I was like, did Aaron Taub do this? 
if he does, he has not made it made it clear or made me aware of it. Uh, but he did tweet something very similar immediately after, I think. But okay. I had the screenshot. That was quick. Yeah, that was quick. Um, and what else is on the show? Ooh. The Inner Circle will return next week and Dress Express versus Bear Country. It occurs to me that J.D. Drake's like in this company now. Our, our Twitter account might have uh, an additional AEW roster member follower. Uh, yeah, I, I think I know J.D. Drake follows me. I think he also follows the All right. podcast. We're, he we're does. getting up there. We're at, we're at three or four now, I think. Ethan Page definitely does not follow us. No. Sure. And none of, the, none of the other ones DM us scoops anyway. So it's like, what fucking good is it? But no, it's it's weird. Uh, sometime after AT and I uh, put Gabe on blast, the, the, the DM scoops just dried up. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I don't know what that I was. was I was going to say, after you put him on blast, they started to roll on in like wildfire. It's like when, well, it's like when Amazon, Amazon starts posting through it on Twitter, and then all of a sudden everybody starts leaking all of their. Uh, you know, em- employee mistreatment stories to the intercept. We did get a few more. I don't, but you know, we also, I don't know how much longer the show. I don't have a good sense of time at this point, but uh, yeah, not a lot of people reaching out to us with the scoops, but when we do, baby, we put them on patreon.com. Everything elite. <laughs> Gotta say, a few a little, juicy ones. Yeah. A little annoyed by how good you're getting at the segues now. They're, <laughs> they're, they're becoming actually good and I'm annoyed about Fuck. it. All right. Well, I'll try to make them worse. Uh, and then on April 9th, there will be a house show. The house always wins. Apparently, there will be no way to watch this unless you're live in person. Uh, it's going to have Cody Rhodes versus uh, Ethan Page, which, thank God, there's no way for me to watch that. Uh, the <laughs> Brandon Cutler versus Death Triangle, Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus the Seidel Brothers, and a TNT title match. Darby Allen will be in action. Ooh, um I, I think Kenny Omega needs to make Impact Wrestling give Michael Nakazawa a push. I think oh, if, Ken, yeah. if, if Kenny's going to go spend so much time there uh, and he's going to headline their first show on Thursday nights to try and give them some sort of juice since they are dying in the ratings, um, I think he needs to go and throw his weight around and say, I'm not coming unless you give Michael Nakazawa the X Division title. Um, I think that would make Impact worth watching. All right. Well, I think that's everything. I think, I think we've talked about it all uh, for this week. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at everything AEW. I'm at Aaron Light the Car. Nate's at Epitasis. Uh, Mike is at Fuji Heya. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star rating and a review if you use the Apple Podcast app. And if you want to support the show, the best ways to do that are to go to patreon.com slash everything elite and sign up. Use the promo code elite on mybookie.ag and use the promo code this is on manscaped.com. So thanks, everybody, for listening. For Mike, for Nate, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next week. I